Good morning, everyone. The first thing I want to do is go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just look to you, God, during these times, these unprecedented times that we're facing. Lord, we, we have a lot of questions. We don't know how things are going to work out, God, but you do. For believers, Lord, this is a time that tries our faith. But God, I know that we will come out of this much stronger than when we entered into it. So Lord, we look to you. Father, for unbelievers that are there that are scratching their heads that don't know what to do, that are struggling and seeking the right things to do at this time, I pray that this time they will come and seek you, God, and draw near to you. And you promise you will draw near to them. Father, we want to pause right now and pray for those healthcare workers, many of whom who are risking their lives to help others in the hospitals, staying night and day if, if need be to help and, and to do. Lord, we pray for protection for them, Lord. We pray for strength for them, for encouragement for them as they're fighting the front lines of this crisis. And Lord, we ask you to be with us today as we continue to celebrate, as we continue to do church, as we continue to go forward, Lord, serving you as best we can with these restrictions. But God, we look to you and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so here at Invitation Church, there's a couple things uh, I want to go over. We're doing our best here to uh, keep the feel of our services the same as if you were here with us and the very small ministry team that is scattered around the building right now. And I need to take a moment just to let you know there's a chat feature on, on the website, where it's on the computer, it's on your right-hand side, on, the, uh, on your mobile device, it may be down at the bottom. But you can actually communicate with us as we are broadcasting the service. So feel free to do that. We still like the amens, the praise the Lord's, and you can even shout right there in your living room, and we won't hear it, but you will, and God will, so enjoy that. We still continue to do all that we can to worship Him and connect with each other. The title today is simply, God is Working. There really is so much uncertainty and fear still surrounding this virus. We don't need to go over all of the concerns that, that we've all heard about. These are, these are times where believers need to lean on the promises of God that He has provided in His Word. Here's just one good one, Isaiah 41, 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We need His righteous right hand to uphold us. And He will. He is working in our land. That's just one promise to those who have placed their faith in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob through Jesus Christ. His Son. There are so many questions that are spinning around our world. When will this end? What, what do we do if we're one of the ones that get it? What will be left of our economy when this thing passes? How will, it, how will I make it financially through this time? How many lives will be lost due to this outbreak? These are just some of the questions that are on so many minds that are being asked from people. And pastors today are tasked with a difficult task. We are to do as Paul encouraged us uh, and encouraged Timothy in uh, 2 Timothy 2, 14 and 15. This is what Paul 
how he encouraged Timothy. Remind them of these things. And these things here are the truths that Jesus taught himself. And charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. But do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I personally covet your prayers for me with, with this very challenge. I never want to disappoint God at the expense of pleasing man. Also, pray for all the other pastors who have been stretched this week, who have, who have stretched from no online service to an online service, who have jumped through a lot of hoops to figure things out. Pray for them as the gospel floods the internet. That is already a good thing that's coming out of this thing, is we are going to flood the internet with the gospel of Jesus Christ. One way to begin to understand this and to see how God is working and where God is working is to ask maybe a different set of questions than what you're, you're hearing from the, from the general media. Questions like this are good to start asking. What is God saying in all of this to the world, to the nation, to us individually? How does His sovereignty play into this situation? What is the church to do in the midst of this crisis? And let me just answer that one for you. The church is to pray at this point in our history. Stand up and pray for our world, our nation. Another question to ask is, are we pleasing God globally, nationally, and individually? I'm honestly afraid today that so many people these days are not even aware that God still speaks to those who will listen. But He does. He does. And it starts with His Word, the Bible. This is His love letter to mankind, and it is filled with instruction, encouragement, guidance, comfort, and prophecy. He speaks primarily through the Bible and His Holy Spirit today. By, uh, so by studying God's Word, we know more about the character and how we can please Him. One verse tells us, Jeremiah 29, 13 tells us this, Seek me and you will find me if you seek me with all of your heart. This was written to the Israelites during a difficult time in their history, but it can apply to all who will turn and seek Him today. The sad truth is many today are not seeking Him, and, so, and some don't even realize that they need to seek Him. So maybe in this crisis... It will cause millions to begin to ask the right questions and to seek the one that can bring a peace that passeth all understanding in these trying times. And I can almost say, and I, I, I'm not just saying this, it almost, you can almost feel an excitement in the midst of this crisis that is rooted in our faith in God that He is always working and He is sovereignly in control of all that is happening, especially in this crisis. Nothing has escaped His sovereign, omnipotent plan and it is being unfolded right before us. And here's the thing, people will either draw closer to God during this crisis or they will push back farther from Him during these days and the days ahead. May we draw closer to Him, both believers and non-believers alike. And I know we have a mixed audience now with people who are saved and those who may not be saved. 
And yet, that is, and that is wonderful. That's awesome. We love seekers around here at Invitation Church. So I want to give you a quick overview of the Bible. I want to be, uh, and I'll be glad to go deeper in, in a different format later if need be, as you can send comments in. There's something about the truth of God's Word that just connects to our souls. Especially if you're a seeker today, listen to this. These are truths from God's Word. God created everything. So in creation, God created everything. He spoke the universe into existence. That's amazing when you figure that we can't even see to the other side of the universe. And we can see over 13 billion light years out into the universe. And we can't even see to the end of it. God spoke that into existence. He created man and woman and placed them in the Garden of Eden. Eden a, perfect, a perfect paradise that they were to care for. Their names were Adam and Eve, and, and God told them they can eat of every tree of the garden except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the story goes, the devil deceived them. Eve ate the fruit first and then gave it to her husband, Adam. So sin entered into mankind. This is known as the fall of mankind. This is where we get all disease, all difficulties, all the weeds in, in nature, everything that goes against God's perfection. Before they ate the fruit, they were to live in the garden forever along with their future generations in perfect paradise. But even their sin wasn't a surprise to God. In fact, He knew they would fall early on and so He had already planned for a, a Redeemer. And, and He made it known as early as Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And that Redeemer, it would take Him thousands of years to come, but He came in the person of Jesus Christ. He came to redeem us from our sins. There are over, well over 300 prophecies that Jesus Christ fulfilled at His coming. Here's just a peek at one of them, written 700 years before His birth by the prophet Isaiah in, in chapter 7, verse 14, uh, which says, Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a son. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call His name Emmanuel. A young Jewish girl named Mary was chosen by God. A descendant. She was a descendant of King David, which was also prophesied. She was chosen to carry Emmanuel, Jesus. And Emmanuel means God with us. Jesus was God in the flesh. And he dwelt among us. He also lived a sinless life in Hebrews 4, uh, ch chapter 4, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. Jesus lived a sinless life. He died on the cross to be the redeemer of mankind. Ephesians 1.7 In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will. He redeemed us, but he didn't just redeem us by dying on the cross. That was just part of it. Then he rose again. It's called the resurrection. Then he rose from the grave three days after his death on the cross. It is his resurrection that gives power to everything that he taught us. Everything. Without the resurrection, he is just a great teacher. But with it, he is deity. He is God in the flesh who came 
to dwell among us. Another way to look at it, John uh, 14, 1 through 6 says this. Uh, listen to this truth in, in this passage, John 14, verse 1. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the, the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This passage gives so much encouragement to the believers and it, is, and it points the unbelievers to the place where they can gain eternal life. And that is only through Jesus Christ. As I often say, who has a better offer than eternal life? Anyone? No, there's no better offer than eternal life for just simply believing and placing your faith in Jesus. Then in John 3.16, it's probably a verse that even if you're just a seeker, you, you've probably heard this verse. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. So that is an offer to place your faith in Jesus Christ. So Jesus completed His ministry. And right now, he, according to the Bible, He is seated at the right hand of God the Father, interceding for those who are experiencing all that we're experiencing, even now in this crisis on this earth. That's what He's doing. And one day, God the Father is going to look over to God the Son and say, go and get my children. And that's the passage I want to settle on today. It's found in 2 Peter chapter 3, 1 through 13. Feel free to turn there and follow along with me. This is titled, The Day of the Lord Will Come. And this is uh, the Apostle Peter teaching to the early church. This is now the second letter that I am writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I am stirring up your sincere mind by the way of a reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles, knowing this first of all that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful, sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of His coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they de deliberately overlook the fact that the heavens existed long ago, and that the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God, and that... By means of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. What he's referring to there is Noah's flood. But, by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist, even now in our present day, still it's the same heaven and earth that now exists, are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as 
one day. Listen, the Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, listen to this question that Peter asked thousands of years ago. What sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of, the, of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and, the, and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will, will melt as they burn? But according to His promise, we are waiting for the new heavens and the new earth in which righteousness dwells. So here the Apostle Peter, he's writing again to the early church, he's, he, uh, to those, um, uh, some believers in the early church, but also this is written to, to unbelievers when he say, says that God is, is pausing and waiting with patience. He's reminding them of what is coming. There's a judgment day coming, calling them to remember what the early prophets had said. And all of the early prophets are found in the, in the Old Testament calling them to remember the teachings of Jesus Christ and the apostles, letting them know that there will be scoffers in the end times who will question even if Jesus will come back. And these folks will continue uh, doing as they please, following their own lust in hopes that Jesus doesn't come back. But Peter continues reminding them that God created everything in the first place. We went over that earlier. And that He had to destroy the earth with the flood the first time. That's the first destruction which the Bible talks about. Because of the wickedness had reached such an unprecedented level at that time in Noah's day that the earth was destroyed by flood. The next will be the destruction by fire that, that Peter talks about. This event is yet to come and it's the future it will be in the future of the earth. But rest assured, friend, it will come. Because God's word can be trusted. It can be relied upon. Everything you see one day will burn. And then Peter asked a very good question, which is good for everyone to ask today. Since all of this is going to happen, what sort of people ought we be? In lives of holiness and godliness? In other words, how should we live in this coming day of the Lord with this in mind? How should we live? Should we just ignore what the Bible says and hope that the day of the Lord never happens? Like the scoffers? I certainly hope not. I mean, something is coming that is far worse than, than, than a virus that, is, that we're facing now. Or should we let the fact that this coming change us? Of how we live our life today. For the believer in Jesus. The second destruction of the earth by fire. Will just usher in the new heavens and earth. That's, that's also promising God's word. And Peter just uh, went over in the last verse. Uh, that, we, that we read. But according to his promise. We are waiting. So believers are waiting for the new heavens. And the new earth. In which righteousness will dwell. In times like these. The challenge is this. For believers who claim to know the Bible, what the Bible teaches, I ask, are you following it? Are you following it? 
Or have you slipped like much of the world into thinking that what God says in His Word just really doesn't matter today? If so, it's time to come back to God in His ways and follow the teachings that you're aware of. Repent and turn back to Him and live one day at a time serving Him, whatever comes your way. For any unbelievers who are watching, listen, God sent His Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for your sins. And we just read that. He does not want you to perish. He doesn't want that. But He hopes that you all will come to repentance. A question for you is, are you going to waste the rich, red, royal blood that Jesus shed for you on Calvary's cross? It's a question. Are you going to waste it? I certainly hope not. We're in a great crisis globally, and it has been brought on by a world that for the most part has scoffed at God and His Word. But again, God's promises are in His Word and they, they are true. Galatians 6, 7 and 8. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. We have seen for many years what sowing to the flesh is reaping in our world. Sins that should embarrass humans are taunted and paraded and celebrated. Life is not held as precious anymore by so many. Instead, it's called a choice. Just to touch on a couple, a few. But listen carefully, whether you're a believer or not, anything that displeases God should not be a part of your life. And there's no better time than now to get right with the holy God that is in control of all things that are happening. Maybe this crisis will end sooner if we respond to God in the right way. Even this is a pattern outlined in God's Word. When people repent... God's judgment subsides many times. And there's more good news in this whole thing. God is always working, especially in the times of crisis. Honestly, many across the globe have been praying for God to send revival to His church and to heal our land for many years now. And many have been praying for God to bring people to their knees in prayer. And we're seeing this happen. I know for, for sure I've been praying a lot more lately as, these, as, as this situation is unfolding. But God is working. So in closing today, what do we do? For the believer, we turn back to God in any area that we have turned away from Him and seek to walk daily by, leading, by the leading of the Holy Spirit. And we make sure when we have an accurate understanding of the gospel and assurance of our own salvation. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 tells us this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. So you cannot earn your way to heaven by doing good works, and many religions teach that. We can only have a relationship with Jesus Christ by placing our faith in Him. 
Second, for the believers, we mend relationships with our families, our biological families, maybe even our church families. We let little things, we put little things aside and we move forward together. We pull together and we get through this crisis together because it will pass. It will. One of my dad's favorite sayings was, this too shall pass. And now for the unbeliever, what do you do if you're an unbeliever sitting here facing this crisis? You come to Jesus and surrender your life to Him. That's what you do. John 3.16 says it all. And we've already touched on it. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Did you hear that? God loved you so much that He sent His only Son who died on the cross for your sins and mine. He died in our place. See, God is a loving God, but He's also a just God. Your sin required Christ's perfect sacrifice. My sin as well required Christ to hang on the cross. We all deserve death because of our sin. But in His love, God sent Jesus. And Jesus was willing to come and die in your place for your sins. That is the truth of God's Word. So place your faith in Jesus today and begin a new walk with Him. Listen, if just one person is saved eternally through this current crisis, it will bring glory to God. But my prayer is that millions are saved eternally through this current crisis. Will you be one of them? There's a prayer that you can pray straight to God the Father, turning your life over to Him by believing in Jesus and placing your faith in Him. If you would like to do this, please bow your head and, and pray this prayer to God. Dear Father, I admit to you that I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sin and that He rose again three days later. I ask you, dear Jesus, to forgive me of all my sin and come into my heart and life and save me right now. From this day forward, I want to follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now if you prayed that prayer, please click the chat button or send us an email to let us know that you did that. And we will reach out with you with some encouragement from God's Word and, and pray with you as you begin your new walk with Jesus. That is the first and greatest decision any human can make is to turn their life over to Him. And for believers who have questions, uh, maybe a question popped up in the sermon, submit that in. We'll do our best to answer those and get those back to you. Um, chat with us. Let us know that you were there. Um, uh, this, uh, this time, it concludes our, the service today. Please uh, let us know that you, you watched it and uh, give us some, some amen, some praise the Lord, some feedback. If you have prayer requests, our pray at invitationchurch.org is still available. Uh, we're not sure what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. Let's pray. Dear Father, in this season that none of us saw coming, Lord, I pray that you will draw your followers closer to yourself. And since we can't gather due to this virus, may you call us to pray daily for each other 
and for your will to be done on this earth at this time, even through and especially through this virus. May many millions come to know you through this, this crisis, Lord. And may it all bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you.